What are you laughing at? <laughs> Maybe we'll just take about 20 minutes of looking at that picture. You hear me okay? Yeah, it's on, it's on. Which one is stronger? He's your preacher. You can say which one is stronger. <laughs> you don't like that picture? Oh. Clicker isn't working. Uh, I think that's Chris as well. He plays tennis. I don't know how to switch that on and off. I might just say, can you change it? Or, Sorry about that. It's on now, is it? No. Sorry. Sorry for... Sorry, everybody. Can you turn that on for me? Just talk amongst yourselves. There you go. Thanks. How'd that get back up there again? Um, so I'm uh, very, very thankful for an opportunity to speak to you at this Equip weekend. The theme is Stronger. And um, as I reflected on this myself, I realized that I'm not actually that strong. In and of myself, I need help. Uh, there's parts of me where I'm lazy. There's parts of me where I am disciplined and, and then I'm not disciplined. Um, I need people like you to spur me on. I need people like you to encourage me. I need people like you to hold my arms up when I'm weary. Does that make sense? Uh, does anybody else feel that way? Um, just let you know, I'm going to preach for about 25 minutes, and I know there's a group of people in the other hall. Is it called the Fellowship Hall? Uh, what's it called? The Family Center, and they're closer to the food than I am. And I'm not happy about that because the Irish people are usually the first person in the line for the food. And um, so all you good people who are watching in the Fellowship Family Center, don't eat the food, okay? Leave some for us. Um, can I get an amen, church? Oh, you'll amen for that, but not the other things. So, I need to be held accountable to live the life that I desire to live. I need power outside of myself, which is said in the Bible class is the Holy Spirit. But it's power. They will receive power uh, when the Holy Spirit comes to be witnesses. So the power we receive from God through the Holy Spirit is to witness about Jesus Christ and what Jesus Christ has done for us, uh, to witness to the world that God is love, that God loves people, that God wants to forgive people by the way we live. See, it will be seen, this power that lives within us. It will be seen um, when we are living under the power of the Holy Spirit's influence in love, in joy, in peace, in patience, in kindness, in goodness, in gentleness, and in self-control. It will be seen when we submit to the, spirit, the spiritual gifts that all of us have, all Christians have spiritual gifts. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and Ephesians 4 talk about the different spiritual gifts. Gifts like this, the gift of encouragement. Do you know any modern-day Barnabases? 
people that just encourage other people. That's the gift of encouragement, and we need to use that so people can see the love of God. Or, or gifts like teaching, or mercy, or discernment, or faith, or helps, or wisdom, or leadership, or exhortation. When we use these gifts, when we're under the influence of the Holy Spirit with love, joy, peace, patience, and the fruit of the Spirit, and using our spiritual gifts that the Spirit gives us, it is a powerful time and you will get stronger. So, how will people know that there's power in the gospel? How will people know that God has power to transform my life? How will people know that there's power in the gospel that can change my life circumstances? How will people know, those who don't know Christ, how, they will, how will they know that there's power in the resurrection of Jesus Christ? And the answer is this. Hear this. It's by our transformed lives. Did you hear me say that? It's by our transformed lives. We believe that Jesus, uh, God raised Jesus from the dead. This is the part where you say yes. Okay. The people in the fellowship hall and the family life center are saying yes over there, but you can't hear them. Right? Right? Hi. We, we believe that there was power that raised Jesus from the dead. This resurrection power. Do you think there's resurrection power to resurrect your dead marriage? Or your dead relationship with your children? Or your dead end job? Or your own relationship with God? Is there power? Is it wonder, working, power? Isn't it? Isn't it? And how will people who don't know Christ see that there's power to change their circumstances, to change the direction they're going through our transformed lives? Because we believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, and they did, and everything changed. Their lives weren't the same. There needs to be a marked difference in our lives before Jesus and after Jesus. You remember, you know, like the weight loss pictures before and after? There has to be the same thing when it comes to us before we met Jesus and then after we met Jesus. We have to be different. We can't remain the same, amen? We have to be different. So, how would the early church and the church today win people for God through our transformed lives? Through the powerful witness of the Spirit of God working in us and through us when we're under the influence of the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts that we receive to build the church. Listen, do you want your husband or your wife to become a Christian? Can they see your transformed life? Do you want your children to become Christians and remain Christians when they get older? Can they see your transformed life? Do you want your relatives, your neighbors, your co-workers, even your enemies to become Christians? How's that going to happen? when they see your transformed 
life. Does that make sense? You see, there has to be a marked difference in our lives. We cannot remain the same. The people in the New Testament, though they looked the same, they didn't act the same. They were all different after the day of Pentecost. I think we learned some of that in the Bible class. What we're going to learn this morning in this lesson that will last 19 more minutes It's how the early church was transformed. We're going to see how the good news, the gospel that was lived out in this community of believers, for I said last night that we need people to live with. We need power to live on power outside of ourselves, which is the Holy Spirit, but we need people to live life with. And of course, we know it, it happened because of the power of the influence of the Holy Spirit in their lives, and it changed the way they lived. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, uh, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. You, you're familiar with this passage, I know. The NIV tells us they, they, the whole group, the people that they lived life with in Christian relationship, they devoted themselves to something. It means to be strong toward. It means to give constant attention to. The things that the disciples, the believers, the community of faith devoted themselves to and give constant attention to was the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Now, my question to you is, are you strong towards are you personally giving attention to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to prayer, and to breaking of bread? And I mean more than coming to church on a Sunday morning and hearing some of the apostles' teaching from the Bible through Chris and others who teach the Scriptures, and then taking a bit of bread and drinking some juice, and then saying, hello, how are you doing? And you say hello back. I'm talking about more than that. That's important to do. When we gather together, it's important to do. But are you devoted to? Are you giving constant attention to the apostles' teaching to fellowship, to breaking the bread, and to prayer. And don't miss this, though it's not up here. In verse 47, it says, when the church devoted themselves, when they constantly give attention to these things, it says in verse 47, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You see, I believe if the church constantly devotes themselves to apostles' teaching, prayer, fellowship, and the breaking of bread, the Lord will add daily to those being saved. Is that something you believe also? Is that something you believe also? My question is, and this might sound like a very silly question, but hear it anyway, do you want people to be saved? This is where the rubber meets the road, isn't it? Do you want people to be saved, and we say, yeah, well, of course we do. What are we doing about it? Not just the preachers and the youth ministers and the deacons and the elders and those who get paid to do it. What are we doing about it? How are you using your spiritual gifts? How are you living under the influence of the Spirit to not live for yourself anymore, but live for Him 
and for others. Do you want people to be saved? Well, what would we need to do? Well, we'll look at these things really quickly, okay? You see, when the day of Pentecost came and the Holy Spirit fell on those people, they were different. There was a marked difference. It was no longer about gathering everything for me. It was, how can I help you? How can I serve you in order for you to come to know God and obey the gospel, be baptized into Christ, and be saved? Is that the kind of life you're living? Is that the kind of life you're living? Because there has to be a marked difference. You, you remember the day you were baptized? You remember, wouldn't it would be great if there was a a, a, a spiritual picture of you taken at that time, and then however many years it's been after, and then there's another picture of you, w w would people see a difference in you? Would people see a difference in you? See, these early Christians, their lives were transformed by this encounter with God. Their priorities suddenly changed. There was a marked difference in their lives. They had taken the time out of their lives to do this religious observance, the day of Pentecost, but they were not just a bunch of homeless, jobless, I don't have anything else to do with my life, so I will do this. They were like you and me. They had jobs. They had families. They had issues to deal with and pressures that they faced, but here they were, and they took the time. And here's the thing, too. Here you are as well. You could have been somewhere else this morning in the family center eating the food. <laughs> Before, they might have been focused on their jobs, their relationships, and raising their children, but things were changed. So their behaviors changed. The priorities changed. And when priorities change, our behaviors change with them, don't they? So let me ask you this. Since you were baptized into Jesus, have your behaviors changed? Have your priorities changed to reaching the lost? Have you been thinking about, how can I live under the influence of the Holy Spirit? How can I be stronger spiritually? How can I use the spiritual gifts that God has given me to build the church and to get people saved? You see, what happened to these 3,000 people on the day of Pentecost? It transformed their lives. And this same Holy Spirit that lives in us when we get into baptism, it can change our lives, too. He can change our lives. Is that something you believe? You see, what we can see from reading the Scriptures is this, that a great church like this church is a devoted church. It's devoted. If we want to get stronger spiritually, what they were devoted to, what they give constant attention to, we need to do the same things. Wouldn't you agree? See, what were the things that this brand new body of believers of Christians did daily? What did they do? How were these Christians transformed? Well, of course, it was the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit also used the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, whenever that means, I'll tell you what it means in a minute, and prayer. So, Apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. The apostles' teaching the truth. They devoted themselves to what Jesus taught them. And I believe that the teaching of what the apostles taught was, this is how you live before God and people. And then we, we know, the, you know, the New Testament and the letters of Paul and Peter and John and whatnot. This is how we learn to live as God's people. So, we need to be reading it, of course, right? But not just reading it, we need to apply it. 
we're not just looking for knowledge, right? We're looking for transformation. See, it wasn't just information that we're looking for. We're not just looking for information or doctrines so we can win a biblical argument against someone else. We want to know what is in the Scriptures so we can be changed. Don't you? Don't you want to be changed? Don't you want to be different? Whatever was taught by the apostles changed the hearts and the lives of thousands of people. And they then took it and taught it to other people who didn't know Jesus. And they wanted to be a part of it too and said yes to Jesus as Lord and were immersed into Christ. See, we need people to live with. So if we want to get stronger spiritually, are you devoted to and living out the apostles' teaching. I'm not just saying, hey, do you come to Bible study? Do you listen to the preacher when he preaches? Are you devoted to listening and living out what's being taught? Because our enemy deceives us, doesn't he? He just wants us to hear the Word and not do anything with it. Isn't that right? And lots of us can be deceived. I'm not here to beat us up. I'm just saying, it's nice to listen to a good preacher like Chris. It's nice to listen to a Bible study and learn some things. But it's what we do with what we hear that's going to make all the difference. The next thing is fellowship. They give constant attention to fellowship. And and, and it's interesting that a lot of Christians they really don't believe they need the fellowship of the brothers and sisters. That You can take it or leave it. They give constant attention to it. They devoted themselves to being around each other. Again, they had jobs. They had families to raise. They had problems just like us, but they made this a priority. They saw the need to continually devote themselves to a shared life, fellowship. Assembling together with the church and sharing common life in Christ. But it doesn't all happen on a Sunday morning, does it? There's bits and pieces of fellowship, isn't there? But this kind of fellowship is they, they met in the temples daily and they met in the homes daily. They had this need and need fellowship. They talked about life and struggles. Do we do that on a Sunday morning? When you come in and, you know, you're, if you're not sitting up at the front, you're looking at the back of someone's head. I'm not making fun of us. Just Do we take advantage of fellowship? where we're knee-to-knee fellowship, sharing about struggles, sharing about joys, and, and, and praising God together in the fellowship and growing as a body of Christ, and then encouraging people to be a part of that and drawing them in. Is it possible that our enemy is deceiving us, where we're not taking advantage of the opportunities when the church gathers not just at the building or in the family life center or in homes. Well, my, my kids have got homework, and that's, they got to do that. That's why we can't meet. I can't meet with the brothers for breakfast or the ladies in a Bible study because I got to do my laundry. Can the enemy deceive us into not making the most of the opportunities? So they fellowship. They share life together. 
Then, then we have the breaking of bread. This could mean one of two things. I think it's both. It's either taking the, the piece of bread and the juice, you know, breaking bread, or it's having meals together, not just like the fellowship meal that we'll eat shortly, Lord willing, but it's being in each other's homes, eating. Because when you're in someone else's home or, or you invite people into your own home, you can be yourself. Yes? And you can have that knee-to-knee fellowship, and you can be real with one another. You know what I'm talking about? When was the last? Let me just throw a challenge out to you. Invite someone over to your house for a meal. When was the last time you, you did that? When was the last time you had a poor preacher over? <laughs> Not that he's a poor preacher. <laughs> When was the last time you had to preach? When was the last time you had the elders over and their wives for a meal? When was the last time you had the youth group over for a meal and love on them and encourage them in their faith? Do you think that would help our young people? I challenge you to do it, okay? Breaking the bread and then prayer. Don't miss this. It says they give constant attention to prayer. Their focus was always heavenward, always heavenward before the throne. Their focus was on God Himself. They weren't always looking at themselves and their problems. They lifted their eyes off themselves and put it onto God where it needs to be. They turned from looking at themselves and turned to looking at God. Let me ask you this, maybe even challenge you with this. Do you have a prayer ministry here at this church? Do you have a prayer ministry at this church? I'm not just asking, you know, do we pray for the bread and then pray for the juice and pray for the offering and pray for sick people. Do you have a prayer ministry here? Are there times that you, you know, gather just for prayer? Is there a group of people that pray uh, for, for the preacher? Is there a group of people to pray for the elders and wisdom? I, I would really encourage you to start a prayer ministry here. Jim Cimbala says this, Prayer is the engine that drives the church. Prayer. Because I, here, here's what I think. The best we can do is the best we can do. The best that God can do is immeasurably more than what we can do. Amen? Amen, church? The best we can do is the best we can do. The best that God can do. Get all the, our desires and concerns in front of God. Start a prayer ministry here. And there's people here that have that, got that gift. And let them bring our concerns before the throne of God. It'll transform the church. Um, remember Jesus said, my house will be known as a house of prayer. A great church must be a praying church. So the best that we can do. It's the best that we can do. But when we invite God into it, when we bring it before God, our dreaming and scheming and our plans, what do you think God will do with it? Immeasurably more. Immeasurably more. Four minutes. We're coming for the food too. Eat up. Fill up. We not only need power outside of ourselves to be stronger spiritually, we need people to live with. 
That's the church family. That's the fellowship of the believers. We need people to spur us on. We need people to hold us up when we're weary. We need people who will hold us accountable. We'll need people that will speak into our lives the truth and not just what we want to hear. We see that a great church is a devoted church. It's, it's one where people follow after Jesus. It's a church where people live out New Testament Christianity. The Lord's Church here at Oldham Lane should make sure the shepherds, and I'm sure you do, and the preacher does as well, and the other ministers here, make sure that you devote yourself to the apostles' teaching, to prayer, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and you will become stronger spiritually. I think that might be the last slide. Look at those four things real quick. Got them in your mind? Take a picture in your mind. Apostles teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread into prayer. What's your next step? What's your next step? You have to respond. We just don't want to be hearers of God's Word. We want to be doers of God's Word. What one do you need to give constant attention to? Which one of those four areas of spiritual growth do you need to devote yourself to? Prayer, breaking of bread, fellowship, living under the authority of the Bible. We need help to do that, don't we? We've tried to do it on our own and it hasn't worked out. I need you, you need me to live the life that we desire. Listen, I, I just, God bless you. God bless you for being here. God bless you for loving God. God bless you for doing the best that you can do on any given day. Some days are tougher than others. But in order to live the life that you desire to live and God wants us to live, we need help. We need power from outside of ourselves, which is the Holy Spirit. And we need the power of the brothers and sisters. We need people to live with. So which of the four do you need to give constant attention to? Which one do you need prayers over? We are going to sing an invitation song. You know how you usually do it here. Chris will probably stand up at the front and some of the shepherds. Or maybe you don't feel comfortable coming forward. Grab someone in the church and say, would you pray with me? Because I need help in this particular area. To respond, you need to respond. You need to respond to God's Word. Don't you? I do. And I need to give constant attention to the Word of God and living it out. I need to make sure that I'm not disconnected from the body of Christ. I need to make sure I'm engaged with the church family when I'm here. And I need to be devoted to prayer for the best I can do. Eh, it's the best I can do. But the best God can do. So, respond how you will when we stand and sing this invitation song, okay? God bless you in your believing and getting stronger spiritually.